SOS Radio On Demand. It changed my heart. On Demand. It changes your life. Thanks for downloading Scott Harold's podcast. Why is happiness so hard? We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SOS Radio, and he's an author, pastor at Crossroads Community Church in Vancouver, Washington. How are you, Daniel? Scott, I'm doing great. And for everyone who's out there, I hope everyone is doing awesome today. You know, it's crazy because a lot of times in our culture, we all want to be happy, but most people would say right now they don't really feel happy. But the feeling of happiness and the emotion of joy, not exactly the same thing, but they're not mutually exclusive either. It's so complicated. Well, it totally is. I always tell people that, you know, everybody wants to be happy and that's a great thing. I mean, if someone said, all I want to do is be unhappy, we'd be like, wait, hold on a second. Like you only get one shot at this. You might as well try and be happy. But I think that given all that's going on in our world today between a global pandemic, social unrest, I think I I use the word, everyone's just a little bit crispy right now. We feel just a little brittle. There's a lot of research coming out now about like the pandemic wall. I heard someone say, it's not a wall. It's like literally people are going through middle life crisis because of all of the disruption that's going on right now. Yeah. So let's talk about disruption a little bit. Like if we're trying to pursue like real joy and understanding that like God's our anchor and, you know, our feelings don't dictate who we are. They don't set our identities. So why should our feelings affect how we feel in relation to our relationship with God? In some ways, it it is a complicated thing. I think God has given us feelings. I mean, you read the book of Psalms. The reason we love the book of Psalms is because, you know, every emotion is expressed in there. So humans are created emotional beings. But I think what you're getting at is so important for people that for the follower of Jesus, right, like, we don't just believe our feelings. We believe in Jesus and we let Jesus help guide our feelings. And sometimes what I have found is that my feelings aren't bad. Sometimes my feelings just lie to me. Mm-hmm. They, t- they tell me things that seem to be true, but they're framing them in the wrong way. And so one of the things I try and do in my book, Crazy Happy, is I try and I help people say, listen, Jesus helps define these things for us. And then we check our feelings against what Jesus says. And then once we do that, now all of a sudden, we don't just believe all of our feelings and we don't just dismiss all of our feelings, but instead we say, are these feelings lined up with the heart of God, with the purposes of God? And if they are, then we retain them. And if they're not, then we say, well, how do I need to look at this differently so that I can have the joy of the Lord that's supposed to be my strength, as it says in Nehemiah 8.10, that could be a part of my life. You know, we're talking about how we look at our feelings and it's a part of our experience. It's a part of our faith, but feelings don't dictate the way that we look at truth. We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. as a brand new book. It's called Crazy Happy. Daniel, just a minute ago, we're talking about like how we use our feelings as a benchmark to say, this is how I feel. This is the reality of my experience right now, but I don't want that to just dictate how I look at God or how I frame God. I don't want to put God in my image. I want to be made in his image. And so if I want to actually have some joy in my life, I got to recognize that that's a little bit higher on the level of priorities than just a feeling of happiness. Well, yeah. And I think that's part of like the human journey, no matter where somebody is in their faith journey. I always say everyone's on their own step of their faith journey. No matter where you are, it's constantly a journey from us being the center of our solar system to allowing (laughs) Jesus be the center of our solar system. And I always say the problem for all of us when we're not abiding in Jesus is that when we realize that everything doesn't revolve around us, it can be quite disconcerting when you're like, actually, I'm not the center of everyone's solar system. And we're actually, we're never good when we're the center of our own solar system. So it's a constant journey of looking 
away from ourselves and looking to the Lord, looking above the wind and the waves, so to speak, that the trials and the struggles of life and looking into the face of Jesus and saying, okay, Lord, because you are the trunk, I am a branch. I need to derive my nourishment from you as opposed to trying to get nourishment from all the stuff in my life. You know, it's so interesting, Daniel, because when we think about happiness, a lot of times we go back to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. We use words like blessing. I want to be blessed. I want blessing from God in my life. But Jesus talks about a lot of things and uses the words blessed, but he says some things that don't sound like an emotion. Well, yeah, seriously. And, and I always tell people that, you know, everybody wants to be happy and everyone knows that Jesus is an amazing teacher. I believe he's the son of God. He's the savior of all mankind. But it's like his most famous teaching, the Sermon on the Mount, and his most famous section of that, the Beatitudes, Jesus uses that word blessed is the person. And that word is properly translated. Oh, how happy is the person. And like when you start to realize that God's plan for happiness involves things like humility, blessed are the poor in spirit, and involves things like mourning or grieving. Most of us would say, oh man, I'd be happy when nothing makes me sad. Jesus actually is like, oh, oh, how happy are those who mourn for they shall be comforted. And so I say that Jesus's plan for human happiness is countercultural because our culture says happiness is superficial. It's trivial. It's in the external things. Happiness equals happenings, all this kind of stuff. But Jesus is like, actually, no, no. Jesus is like, happiness is something that happens on the inside when you know who you are in me and you allow me to lead you through this world in a way that incorporates all the real parts of life at street level for all of us. We're talking about what it takes to truly be crazy happy. We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. He's a pastor in Vancouver, Washington, also a best-selling author as well. But Daniel, it's so interesting when we talk about happiness. A lot of times we use the words happiness and joy sort of interchangeably, but joy is different than an emotion where joy is actually one of the fruit of the Spirit. And you really dig into it's not just joy, but love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. Wait, and self-control is correlated to that as well? That doesn't make me feel like I'm going to be happy. Well, isn't it true? I mean, like people always joke that the last characteristic of the fruit of the spirit is self-control. And people joke that it's last because it shows up last, if it even shows up at all. And we have this idea that like, and if you ever met somebody who was in the throes of addiction, you know, and we all, some of us have been there. We all know people have been there. When you cannot stop doing something that is destructive, nobody's happy in that. So we have this idea that really God's plan for our life, it's us, we can do it, but we don't want to do it. And we have the strength to push away things that are not healthy so that we can embrace the things that are God's best for our lives. And so I always like to tell people that when you look at those nine characteristics of the fruit of the spirit in Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23, everybody agrees that those characteristics, that is the beautiful life. That is a life that is happy. When someone experiences self-love, joy, peace. You, you named them all. I mean, nobody is ever happy when they're impatient. And I think we all know what that's like, you know, like where you're like, when you know, he feels like, man, I'm impatient right now. I'm frustrated with people. I'm like, oh, I'm so happy right now. Didn't think so. You know, it's interesting because Jesus talks about like, he wants to give us life and he wants us to live it more abundantly. Like when you dig into John 15, he says, like, I'm the vine, you're the branches. And when you abide in me, you bear fruit. Actually, he says much fruit. Do you feel like when he's talking about that fruit, that that's correlated to the fruit of the spirit? Oh, absolutely. You know, I make the point 
in Crazy Happy that the blessed person is the happy person and the happy person is the person who's bearing fruit. And the thing that I always tell people is that you have to remember about fruit bearing, the recipient of the blessing of the fruit bearing isn't the fruit tree. It's actually the person who interacts with the fruit tree. Like you never saw an apple tree eating an apple. You never saw an orange <laughs> tree eating an orange. But when you walk by an apple tree or I walk by it and you take it down and you eat it, you're like, now you're nourished. And of course, Jesus said, Acts chapter 20, the apostle Paul quoted you saying, you're more blessed to give than receive. Or you're happier because that word blessed is always, makarios is always the happy person, you're happier when you give than when you get. And so like when our lives are bearing fruit, we're aware that God is doing a work in us, but it's really the people around us who get the blessing of the fruit that Jesus is bearing in our life. And as we are giving to people of the fruit that he's bearing in our lives, now all of a sudden we get great joy in the fact that we're helping people on this crazy journey of life to experience the grace of God. And, and now all of a sudden it's like now that whole idea of like you know, the grace in the kingdom is the servant of all, all this starts to grow out of this. And I always tell people that, you know, grumpy people are bad missionaries. Like nobody ever saw like a grumpy Christian and said, all I want to do is worship who they worship because they are so sour. They're so angry at everybody. They, you know, it's like, but Jesus, when he came, he was getting in trouble with the religious leaders because everybody wanted to hang out with Jesus. And he didn't do what they did. He didn't condone their lifestyle or any of that stuff, but they loved to be around him because he made space for them, knowing that they were flawed, but knowing that he wanted to do a work in their lives. We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio, and it's so interesting, the language in the Bible, it's so rich. I mean, in the Old Testament, you're digging into Hebrew, and in the New Testament, you're digging into Greek and Aramaic, and when you're understanding the words that the Apostle Paul or Peter or even Jesus spoke, like, we just translate them into English, and it's almost like a lot of times we get this flat meaning, and we talk about joy. We talk about happiness. We'll use those words interchangeably and they're not the same thing. But like when Jesus was doing the Sermon on the Mount, he was saying, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the peacemakers. But the language for blessed means a little more about like happy are the ones who embrace these values, right? It totally does. So, you know, it's amazing when you do a study of that word blessed in the Greek, a lot of people translate it a lot of different ways. I mean, historically, you know, like the blessed is how we know it. it comes from the King James Bible and it's a great translation, but what does being blessed actually mean? Some say it means, oh, how happy people say it means, oh, how fortunate it was Eugene Peterson when he was doing his paraphrase of the Bible called the message that he actually wanted to translate it. Oh, how lucky are those? And a lot of people got offended. The publisher wouldn't let him do it. But when you think about it, when you're lucky, you know, it means that you got something that you didn't think you should get, which is actually exactly what's happened to each one of us in Christ. So I think it's a, it's provocative and I get why people don't like it. Like, well, I don't believe in luck. I believe in God. But when you believe in God, you realize how fortunate and lucky you are to be a child of God. And yeah. so I think these words have, you know, like all words are rich. Like even like I use the title of the book, Crazy Happy. I don't mean crazy in like a, in a mental health issue kind of way. <laughs> I, I mean, it in like, it, it's, there's so much happiness. It's almost, it's surprising how happy we can be. And it's also surprising and unique the places where God invites us to have you. So I love the fact that the words are not flat. Words have lots of meaning to it, and words evolve over time as well. And one of the things I'm trying to do in the book, our culture has flattened happiness to be something trivial or superficial. But Jesus spoke about happiness long before, you know, 20th or 21st century Western culture. So it's like, let's redeem the word happy back to this idea of blessed fortunate, the person who is in Christ, who has the abundant life. This is the person who is truly happy. And was it Psalm 144, 15 says, oh, how happy are the people 
whose God is the Lord. So I'm like, that's a great verse. Like write that down. Psalm 144, 15. It's like, happy are the people whose God is the Lord. We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. We're talking about happiness. And like, we all have this quest for happiness. If we're just being honest, I mean, we all say like, I'm trying to do this. I've got these goals for my family, these goals for my career. But essentially when you boil it down, so many people are focused on chasing happiness. And on the surface level, that sounds lame. It sounds like, well, if that's your ultimate goal in life, well, you're going to be going sideways pretty quick. But Jesus talked about being blessed. You know, Jesus talked about the abundant life, and that's a little bit different than just this American happiness that we're chasing. But chasing an abundant life through Jesus is actually a very biblical thing. Well, it is. And we've talked about it a little bit. You know, this idea of John 15, like the chase of happiness is actually found in abiding in Jesus. And, and actually abiding isn't really chasing. It's finding our home in this place. I'd like to tell people that we get off the hamster wheel of happiness seeking. I'll be happy if I get married. I'll be happy when we have kids. I'll be happy when the kids grow up and get out of the house. I'll be happy when I get to retire. I'll be happy if I get that car. I'll be happy if I get that job or that promotion or that raise, right? It's like, I call it the hamster wheel of happiness seeking because we're like, I'll be happy when, and then you get there and it's pleasurable for a moment, but it doesn't really fulfill, right? But then in the Beatitudes, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be satisfied. They shall be filled. So what happens is in all of our longings, at some point we get tired of chasing after all these things. And really what we hunger and thirst for is all the things that pertain to what is right. That's what righteousness means. Right living, right doctrine, the truth, you know, and all of the implications of that. And it says, once you hunger and thirst for that, then you're going to get fulfilled. How? Because when you hunger and thirst for all the things that are right, you come to know Jesus. You land at Jesus, and in Jesus is true satisfaction and fulfillment. We talk about having a quest to be happy in our life. We talk about feeling fulfilled. We talk about what our family could look like if we just work harder, dig into the grind, or have a better work ethic. And We're talking with Daniel Fusco today at SWS Radio. He wrote a book called Crazy Happy Daniel. And when we really dig into the whole idea of the abundant life that Jesus talks about, you know, happiness is a part of that. But with so many people that are chasing the idea of, I want to be fulfilled, I want to find some happiness. Why do you feel that so many people never, ever find that, even though they work harder at that than anything else in their life? I think what's amazing is, is that this has always been the way humans have worked. And if you go back, there's a great scripture verse in Jeremiah chapter two, verse 13. It's not a great verse because it's fun. It's just like God is talking to the prophet Jeremiah and he's explaining this very point where he says, my people have committed two evils. They've forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and instead they've hewn for themselves cisterns or water pots, broken cisterns that hold no water. And in a lot of ways, that's what we do is like, instead of plugging our life in to the Lord, who's this fountain and the source of all that's life-giving and nourishing, instead we wanna make our own water pots of whatever choosing we have. And the problem he says, he's like, instead of coming to the source of water, we want our own little water container. But the problem is, is it's broken, it's leaky. It doesn't really hold any water. And so what I found in my own life, even before I came to know Jesus, and even as a believer, I was still kind of striving for all this stuff. you know. And what I really realized is the Lord is like, Daniel, every time you choose your own a cistern of your own making, it will give you a little pleasure. You get a little water, a drop but it's not the fountain of living waters. And so all these things that we actually want to find our fulfillment in, I always like to tell people that they're echoes 
of a deeper longing that is only satisfied in Jesus. So like when someone looks for their happiness or their fulfillment in a relationship, right? They want to be known and they want to know somebody, right? That is an echo of a deeper longing intimacy that comes from knowing God and and being known by God. You know, like when we want security, whether it's, you know, a a house or a, a job, these things are not bad. Wanting a relationship is not bad, but it's really an echo of wanting the security that only comes from knowing that your sins are forgiven, that your shame is removed, and that eternity has been bought for you by the finished work of Jesus. When you think about work, I mean, God put the Sabbath in the scriptures to remind the people that their work is not what brings them resources. It's God who brings resources and we have a a job to play in that. But the thing is, is it's really, we have a tendency to remove God from it. Now we have to be workaholics and and, and try and get to the next step. When we're really learning, it's it's an echo of saying, listen, I've given you work as a gift, but you're more than what you do. And I'm your source. And so each one of these longings that we have is an echo to a, a deeper soul level longing, an eternal longing that God has placed in each one of our hearts that's only fulfilled in Jesus. Yeah, what's so cool about it is when you really dig into joy, I see one of the big differences from just the emotion of happiness and true joy is that there's a security in joy that you don't have in an emotion. Well, absolutely. And I think one of the things that we find when we look at the Beatitudes is that we have a tendency to think, okay, so listen, happiness is the absence of sadness. But Jesus says, no, no, actually, when you're abiding in me, there is going to be times of grieving. You know, you love, and because you love, when love is lost, you grieve. Like, you know, we lost a family member recently. And obviously, like, we know who they believed in. We know them. We know that they're home. They're not suffering anymore. But we still weep. And we have sadness because we're going to miss them. You know what I mean? And Jesus wept in John chapter 10 at the tomb of Lazarus, even though he knew he was going to raise him from the dead. And so, so really what we start to realize is that real joy and real happiness, it's much deeper than just a pasted smile and fun times. It's much deeper than, hey, I got this thing. It's a new toy and it's shiny and I'm doing it. And this is great. No, no. Real happiness is an inside experience that comes from being rooted in Jesus that now incorporates our failings, our flaws, our awareness of the brokenness and sinfulness of the world and our ability to say, hey, I'm going to move through the world differently because of the fact that I'm in Christ, because I'm filled with the spirit of God. And now all of a sudden I find happiness even in heartbreaking things and we let them be heartbreaking, but we don't grieve as those who have no hope, but we grieve as those who realize that Jesus has risen from the grave. So happiness is such a deeper concept than just like the emotion of cheerfulness. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media. 